Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, this is Apostle Alexander Locker with the Bernie Bush Church, 402 North 13th Street in Urban, North Atlanta. As we are chapter two, the end of the new year, we want to encourage you. We're going to be speaking some encouraging words. It's out of the the Bible, words of God to encourage you as you go into the new year because only God's words can give us the strength we need. Give us the grace we need to be able to stand at time like these. So we're going to be encouraging you from verse to verse. We may be jumping here and there and over there talking about different things, but it's all going to have to do with the whole man because with mind, body, soul, and spirit, family, finance, attitude, behavior, character, all that had to play the part of who we are from our head to our feet in a spiritual world as well as a natural world, from the church to our house, from our house to our job, from our job to the grocery store, from our grocery store to the community. All this had to do with who we are and what we are because we are here as instruments in the hands of God that he might use us for his glory. This is the time, this is the season. If you're born in this time, you're in this season, you're in the right time, you're in the right season. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo there was here, they were in their season. When Daniel was here, he was in his season. When David was here, he was in his season. When Samuel was here, he was in his season. So there ain't no such thing as we're out of season. You're born in the season that God would have you to be born in. We got winter, spring, summer, and fall. All those seasons come in the right time where they're supposed to be. They're not out of order. They are not out of sequence. So God has fixed that way. So if you were here, it ain't no such thing as God put you here and didn't give you nothing to do. But the Bible said he put his glory in earth and vessels. He gave all of us something to do. We all have talent. We all have gifts. We have all have special abilities that God had gave us. And only in this season can you use it. Now is the time to do what God said do. Now is the time for you to operate, not next year, 10 years from now, when you get to be 90 or 100, but do it now. Every moment belongs to God. Every moment that you breathe belongs to God. So you need to ask God, what will you have me to do in this season, Lord? Whatever you call me to do, what will you have me to do? So I'm encouraging you. Maybe you drug your feet into 2023. But don't go into 2024 dragging your feet. Don't go into 2024 procrastinating. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you're going to do. Going to do have never, ever accomplished anything. We've got a lot of going to do folks in the world, and they don't have nothing to show for what they're going to do because they didn't never do it. How many know that going to do don't get the job done? Doing it. Doing it is what get it done. The Bible says it's not he that is going to serve the Lord or going to reach it, but it's he that does it. He didn't want to find glorification in God's sight. So if you want to plead the Lord, don't talk about doing it, but just do it. It's better not to say nothing, do it, than talk about doing it, and don't do it. So I come out and encourage you as you go into the new year with the new year resolution and the different fads going on and the different styles going on. And we got the Internet, we got Facebook, and we got Twitter. We got all these different uh, 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 things that we can use to get communicate and get involved in, but make sure that you're pleasing the Lord and all that you're doing. I encourage you to take up the slack and fill up the gap between you and the Lord. Uh, make sure that your life is pleasing in his sight, because that's what he put you here for. He put you here for his glory, not your glory. He put you here that he might glorify himself in you. So you say, well, I'm going to quit doing this, and I'm going to quit doing that. Well, you should know by now, you don't been saying that the whole union ain't quit yet. But what you need to do is with the help of God. The Bible says don't say what we're going to do. Only God can give you the grace to stop doing some of the things you have or doing. Only by the grace of God can you break some of them habits that you've been involved in. Only by the grace of God can you separate yourself from some of them people you've been hanging around with. Only by the grace of God can you separate yourself from the lustful desires that you've been fulfilling all year long. Keep saying you're going to stop. You're going to stop. You're not going to stop if God don't help you stop. Only God can is a habit breaker. Only God is a deliverer. God said if we confess our faults, he was just and faithful to forgive us for all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, see, it ain't enough for God to forgive you if you're going to keep on doing what you need, and then he don't give you the power and the strength to be delivered from it. It's kind of like a doctor. Their doctors are not trying to heal you. 
You don't care how good your doctor is. My doctor did, my doctor did that. It don't matter how good your doctor You may think you got the best doctor in the world. Your doctor ain't not trying to heal you. It's like grass. When you cut grass down, it come back up. Your doctor not giving you medication to heal you. Your, 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 your doctor giving you medication just to deal with the situation from month to month. That's all your doctor is doing, giving you something to make you feel better, giving you something to deal with what you're going through and not get rid of. You need something to get rid of what you got. Then you won't have to take medication. That's what we need. We need that that that, that will get rid of it. And God's going to get rid of your sin. See, when he gets rid of your sin, you have to worry about confessing them, though, if God gets rid of them. He wants to not only forgive you, but he wants to cleanse you. So we're going to get into the Word. we got a few scriptures. We have to give an attended ear to the Word of God. For the Bible to the Word of God is powerful. Chop it in a two-headed sword. It will not go back and come back a Sunday, but accomplish what we're sitting out. You see, God's Word comes to accomplish something. If you got God's Word in your life, it didn't accomplish that. You might need to check and see what you got. But God's Word will accomplish something. God's word is a yoke breaker. It's a lift up on your head. God's word will pick you up when you're falling down. God's word will strengthen you when you're weak. God's word will, will, will restore you. It will revive you. It will uplift you. It will enlighten you. It will make you a new person. Oh, my God, you'll know the person I was before God's word got in me. When God's word got in me, it changed me from the inside out. It, it made me a new creature. Old thing passed away. The whole old thing become new. Yes, I used to cuss before I became new, lie and cheat and everything else. I didn't do it because I wanted to do it. I did it because my na- with my nature to do it. When you got the nature to do wrong, it ain't got nothing to do with you want to do it or not. When you got the nature to do wrong, you're going to do wrong. And when you got the nature to do right, you're going to do right. Nobody has to make you do right you got a nature to do right because the nature itself going to make you do it. We got too many people trying to live Christian life themselves. You can't live no Christian life yourself. I just come out and encourage you. The reason you're selling because you're trying to do it yourself. You won't humble yourself and acknowledge that you got issues. You won't humble yourself and acknowledge that you got frailty. You got faults. You got shortcomings. You got sin. You got weights that easy to beset you. But rather than humble yourself, God already know you messed up. He already know you got issues. He he already know your weaknesses. He already know your frailty, and he didn't just find out about it. He's the one created you. How do you think he don't know about that he created you? And the scripture said every hair on your head been numbered. Every sparrow falls to the ground, God knew about it. How do you think that God don't know about you, and here you trying to hide it? He wants you to be honest. That's why he said confess your fault. Come true. Come come real. Uh, 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 come visible. Make yourself known unto the Lord. Amen. He already knows anyway. When, when, when Adam tried to hide, God already knew Adam was like he is. He didn't ask Adam where he was because he thought Adam was lost. He couldn't find Adam. And God saw Adam before he sent it and knew where he hid it when he sent it. And when he asked Adam, where are you? Adam said, I'm hiding over here. He said, because I'm naked. And God said to them, him, how do you know you were naked? I didn't give you that knowledge. I didn't give you that insight. So God already knew about him. And the Bible said even in our mother's womb, he told Jeremiah, I knew you. Before your daddy and your mama had a affair that night. He said, I knew you before you were born. And your, he didn't say, I knew you when they had conceded. He said, I knew you before they conceded. Isn't that something? God knew Jeremiah and your mama and daddy ain't went to bed yet. God said, I knew you before your mother, your, your husband, your, your mom and dad got together. Before you were even in your mother's womb. And he said, I made you for, for this purpose. He said, the reason I know you because I'm the one put you there. I made you for this purpose. I made you to be my prophet for the nation. Whoever you are today, as you enter into the new year, know God has made you for this time. You ain't out of season. You ain't out of season. This is the season. This is the time. This is the lifespan. And God has given you to use you, no matter who you are. If you're usable, if you're old enough to be used, if you're old enough to be accountable, this is the time that God wants to use you. Not 20, not, not 20, not not 2,090, not 2,009, not 2,020, or 2,021. God is going to use you now, 2023 uh, year. God is going to use you now. So humble yourself. Be encouraged. Philippians 4 and 8 And what's never true? What's never honorable? 
Folks are never just. Folks are never pure. Folks are never lovely. Folks are never commendable. If there be any excellence, if there be any worthy, worthy of praise, think about these things. Other words, keep your mind pure. Get that mess off your mind that will make you sin. That's why you're messing up. That's why you're coming short of God's glory, because it's a message in your mind. How many know that the heart? How many know that the heart don't mess up the mind? Uh huh. Many times we talk about what comes out the heart, but the heart doesn't mess up the mind. The mind messes up the heart. So what? Because the mind goes to the heart, then it sends it. Then the heart gets it and sends it back to the mind. Uh, you're controlled by your what the thought that come in your mind. And they go down in your heart. And once they get in your heart, that's what you are. So you have to be careful about what's in your head, what's in your thought, what's in your mind. So that's why the writer said, what's the never? Keep honorable things. Keep pure things. Keep clean things. Keep honest things in your mind. Because if you walk around with a dust and salt, you're going to eventually, uh-huh. If you walk around and fall against salt, you're going to eventually, yes, you understand where I'm coming from. Eventually, those folks you hang around with, those things that you hang around with, if this is, you're going to become them. For what? Evil communication, corrupt, good manners. You could be a good person hanging around, evil communicating people, and end up like them. Have you ever came up with a saying that a friend of yours had, and, and you find yourself doing it? You know, I had a friend of mine, and he would go around and say, yay, man, yay, man. I never thought that the day would come when I was one day somebody said something to me, I said, yeah, man, you see how quick I adopted that saying to him just because he was my friend and I hang around him? And some of you just like that, too. You hang around people, and you don't got that saying. You talking like them. Now, they don't they don't got your mindset just like theirs. You think like they think. Even though you know they're thinking it wrong, you thinking like they think. Now, you used to knew they were wrong. They fool around with somebody's husband, somebody, somebody's wife, but now you got a friend that is doing it, and now you're talking about different folks, different folks for different folks. You would have never said that, but because you're hanging around the wrong person, now you're thinking of like them. You're acting like them. You're letting your morals down. You're letting your standards down. You ain't thinking holy no more. Oh, oh, oh it's okay. God understands. No, baby, it, it's, right, it's right or wrong. Ain't no understanding about it. God's word ain't based on understanding. God's word is based on truth. It's based on what God says. You can't bring God's word down and put it where you want to put it to match you. you got to come up to the word of God. Amen. Ephesians 12, 31, 32. Let all bitterness and wrath. I'm encouraging you as you go into the new, new, into the new year. About you. Some of you have been bitter all year long. Some of you have been wrapped for all year long. Some of you have been angry all year long. Some of you have been clamorous, uh, uh, mean, and cussing, and slanderous all year long. Paul said, put these things away to go into the new year with all malice. They don't build up in you now. They disappear. You ain't who you are no more. Uh-huh. People wonder about, I thought she was this. I thought she was this. You, your, your courage and unchained because you're walking in these demeanors. He said, be kind one to another. And tell them how this is what Christians are supposed to be. Paul is trying to get them back on the right track because Paul found out that they were supposed to be saved, but yet they were bitter and wrapped for trying to take matters in their own hands, anger, cussing, and fussing. And Paul had to remind them that we've been born again. We've been bought with a pride. This is not our nature no more. Yes, when we were out in the world, we cussed, and we were slanderous and angry and bitter, but we're not of that spirit no more. We've been born again. We've been bought with a pride. We've got the nature of Christ in us, not the nature of Adam. we got the nature of Christ. So Paul said, we call the name of Christ. Aren't we not walk like him? Come on, y'all. It's time to straighten up and go to the new year. Don't carry this message of the new year, no bitterness. But the Bible says bitterness is not of God. It's it's selfish and earthly and devilish. Uh, if you're bitter, then you don't need to check yourself because you're on, you're on dangerous ground. He said, forgiving one another. And God, for Christ, forgave you. Some of you are still holding grudges. Some of you still making excuses while you're holding grudges. Yes, I know what they did to you was wrong. But you got to understand, I did not tell you to forgive. God told you to forgive. I'm just in a mouthpiece for God. I'm just an ambassador for God. I'm just a handyman for God to remind you what God said. And God told me to tell you to forgive. 
I don't care how bad it hurt. Forgive. I don't care what they did. Forgive them. Them so God can forgive you. So as long as you hold this over their head, as long as you hold it, then you're holding this over your own head. And your prayer is going to be hindered. Your prayer is not going to be heard. How can God hear your prayer when he said that if you didn't forgive, he would not forgive you? That if God ain't forgive you, he's not going to hear your prayer. And listen, don't thank God last. Bible says, let every man be a liar, let God be the truth. God is not a lying God. Your hindered, your heal, your your prosperity gonna be hindered, your healing is gonna be healed, uh, hindered, your deliverance gonna be healed, your your prayers of your children gonna be hindered, prayers of your marriage gonna be hindered, prayers of your business or your job gonna be hindered, prayers of your family gonna be hindered. And you take somebody with some witchcraft on you. You take somebody that went down the side of the border somewhere and got the witchcraft working on you. Do you not know you work witchcraft on your own self? Okay, I'll pause there a little bit. Do you not know that you can work witchcraft on your own self? Now, wake up, Pastor. Now, you want to explain that. Well, the Bible said disobedience is that a sin of witchcraft. Whenever you disobey God, when you when you get in self and in the flesh and won't do what the Lord told you to do, when you know to do right, but the Bible says he that knows the good does it not, it, it's sin unto him. When you know to do right and don't do it, and you be rebellious and hard here and say you're going to do it next month, next year, and then year after now, then you come flying up. Do you not know when the children of Israel decided they're going to go into the promised land, had them disobeyed God, them upset God, them provoke God there at the, at the river, at the sea there, and God told them to go in and he's going to go with them, and then they provoke God, and after they provoke God, they decide, is they going to go now? But no, they have, they have called the spirit of witchcraft to come in now. The spirit of witchcraft was on them, and God was not going to operate on the spirit of witchcraft. So God told Moses to tell them, I'm not going. I'm not going to go with them. Tell them, don't go. He said, because I'm not going. And they went anyway. And when they went, the enemy whooped them real good and sent them at home. Why? Because they were operating on the sin of witchcraft. When you disobedient, you operate on the sin of witchcraft. There ain't nobody got to work no roots on you. You do it to your own self. So if you've been disobedient, stop being disobedient. Obey God. Do what God told you to do. Not tomorrow, no next week. This ain't about your friend. It ain't about your family. It ain't about your feelings. It ain't about with no nobody. Huh? And pastor, don't you let that offering. And don't you let that offering that they raised on you cause you not to tell the truth. Tell them the truth. God is going to take care of you. He said you were worthy of the house. You tell them that the wages of sin is there and the gift of God is eternal life. Don't bite your tongue. Don't twist the truth. Don't make them go to hell right there in the church. You tell them it wrong. John the Baptist told, told, John, John the Baptist told Herodias. He said you're the king and you can't have your brother wife. He didn't bite his tongue. He told them what the truth was. But he told them the truth. Pastors, leaders, yeah, we those of the new you, I encourage you. If you tell the truth of your church, and I tell the truth of my church, and then they pastor tell the truth of their church, and then they pastor tell the truth of their church, people won't be able to run and sit in church and, and sleep and get away with sin because all pastors are going to be saying the same thing in the church, and they're going to be convicted. They're going to be convicted in their heart. Huh? They're going to be convicted in their heart to repent and come running. And then what must I do to be saved? I'm telling them it's not right. You tell them it is right. And what bothers me, and I'm going to pause on this, I don't have no respect for preaching. I don't preach on the respect of one thing. I preach on everything. But something God wants me to generate on because it's of great importance. It is wrong for two men to be married. It is wrong for two women to be married. I don't care if you're a teenager and you're married to a woman or a man. It is wrong. It is an abomination. And if God lets you get away with it, the Bible said in the last day, it's going to be as it was in the days of Solomon and Gomorrah. And in the days of Solomon and Gomorrah, uh, uh, men loved it men, women loved it women. God had to destroy the city. Now, all the surrounding city because it was so bad. Now, if God don't, if, if God excuses sin now and says it's okay for two men to marry one and two women to marry one, he got to go all the way back to Solomon and Gomorrah and, and, and take them folk out of hell and forgive them for sending them there. And God ain't fit to do that. But the Bible said God is not going to repent. God ain't going to do that because God was not wrong. It is wrong. It's an abomination. I don't care how many laws they pass. I don't care how many laws the legislature passed. I don't care how many laws the Supreme Court passed. According to God's word, it is wrong. And all they did when they passed that law was give you a death sentence. They give you the right to condemn yourself and put a law on top of it. I come out and tell you, I love your soul. 
I don't love your feeling. I don't love your money. I love your soul. And I come by to encourage somebody this thing that is caught up in this mess of your natural affection. But Paul said in the last days, men were burning their flesh one to another and women toward the other to another. And Paul said they will lose their natural affection for one another and burning their flesh for a man rather than burning their flesh for a woman. Huh? I come by to encourage if you're caught up with this mess. If you're caught up with your natural affection, I'm going to leave it alone. But if you're caught up with it, I'm trying to save your soul. And when you stand before God, oh, my God, you're going to be in trouble. Yes, I know the pastors now that are homosexual and lesbian and, and pastors the church and all the members there, they go there because the pastor is, and he says it's okay. Pastor Mary and me and the pastor Mary women, it is wrong. I ain't got the guess it, I ain't got the one about it. I'm telling you what I know. It is wrong, W-R-O-N-G. And if wrong spelled any other way, in a different language, you spell it, but it still come out the same thing. Oh, I love you this evening, and I want to see you in heaven one day. I don't want you to lose out and end up in hell and turn darkness forever because you thought you were right in what you were doing. You didn't know. A pastor just told you this evening, it is wrong. You get it, your act together. You let that man go and go find your woman. You let that woman go and find your man, and then you marry him so that you'll be right standing with God. Isn't that all right? I know it is. Praise God. Hebrews 13 and 5. Keep your life free from love of money. Now be content with, with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, where you ain't got to depend on money. You ain't got to love out of money. I'm not saying you ain't got to have money. But Solomon said money answers all matters. In this world we live in, we need money. We got to have money. And it's okay to be rich and have money. God ain't never said it was, it was, it was not right or wrong to be rich. We make rich folks feel so bad. But I encourage every rich person this afternoon, don't you be discouraged. Don't you let people make you feel bad because you're rich. Uh, there were many people in the Bible that were rich. Solomon was rich. Job was rich. There are many people in the Bible were rich. Only thing God said to the rich man is that you distribute it to the Pope. Now, if you ain't distributing it to the Pope, if you ain't helping somebody out in need with your riches, then you're going to find yourself in trouble with God. But the Bible says he that give it to the poor, lend it unto the Lord. Uh, and God will repay him. When you overlook the Pope, then God will overlook you. So I say to the rich man, Keep your riches. Oh, but, but share them. Be 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 bountiful. Be gracious. Find some organization that is helping the Pope. While you're riding along the highway, uh, stick your hand out the window when some of these Pope people out there. Five feet, quick, give them $5 so you can feel good. Give them $10 so you can get it off your conscience. You rich. You a multi-millionaire. How about you give them a 20? What about you give them a 50? How about you give them a 100? You might be able to give them 500. Go to the neighborhood that they're living in. And there's a whole lot of them in the neighborhood. And take your handful of money and let your window down and, and give it to them while you're driving through and be a blessing to them. You can't be God-given no matter how hard you try. So I'm talk, talking to the rich. Now, don't be condemned. The Bible didn't say it was a, was a sin to be rich. The Bible didn't say it was a sin to have money, but the Bible said the love of money is the root of all. He said it's the root of all. That's where it began. That's where evil began. He didn't say it was evil. He said the love of money he didn't say the love of money was evil. He said the love of money was the root of all evil. Everything has a root. When you love money, it's a root. You find yourself blind. You find yourself being deceitful. You find yourself being covetous. You find yourself being stingy. The Bible says when your riches increase, set not your affection upon it. So to the rich, I pray for you that you'll be even richer. Oh, yes, God wants you to be rich. So you can be a blessing to God by you being rich. Okay? And we try to quote scripture on the rich folks, make them feel bad. I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to know, my God, I desire to be rich myself. See, the, the more rich I am, the more I can have the help the poor and, and, and a soup kitchen and do the similar things I want to do. I can't do nothing being poor. You can't do nothing when the poor poor can't help the poor. And I ain't speaking against the poor people. I ain't got nothing against the poor people. But I'm saying that a poor man can't help the poor man because he ain't got nothing. He ain't got nothing either. But the richer you are, the wealthier you are, the more God can use you to be a blessing to somebody. So I'm playing for my wealth myself. So this is to the rich. This is to the poor. The Bible said when your riches increase, to a lot of us, we won't even have nothing one time. And we were more faithful to God then when we didn't have nothing than we did now. Now that, now that God has been good to us, and now that God done brought it from a mighty long way, now that God done brought it from the bottom to the top, we're so selfish, we're so stingy, we'll make excuses. I ain't getting my money. 
Uh, they, 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 they out there on the street, and they, they just ain't nothing wrong with them. How you know? Something wrong with, there's something wrong with some of them. There may not be something wrong with all of them, but there's something wrong with some of them. But you won't help nobody. You, you won't help nobody. You just been stingy all together, trying to make an excuse. Oh, my. First Corinthians 10 and 31. So whether you eat or drink, or whether you do it all to the glory of God, you hear me? We've got to learn when you've been born again, whether you're eating or drinking, whatever you do, to God be the glory. We've got to start giving God back his glory. That's what's wrong with taking God's glory. We've we, 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 we taking God's glory. We want to be seen what we're saying. We want to be seen what we preach. We want to be seen when we pray. Oh, we want to receive when we give our oracle. Oh, God, when we get that lecture, we want the folks out to just fall all out in the chair because we did it. You're not to be seen. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. I, you know what I found out in my walk with God? The more I give God the glory, listen to this, sir. listen to me now. The more I give God the glory, the more God glorifies himself in me. See, if God glorifies himself in you, you're going to be seen. You can't help but be seen when God glorifies himself in you. Because remember, he said he put his glory in earth and vessels. So if God glory is in you, it's going to come out of you. So you glorify God. So God glory can glorify you. As you glorify God, God posts his glory in you. And then when he posts his glory in you, it runs out on other people. God's not putting his glory in you for you to shine. God ain't putting his glory in you for you just to look good, for you to have a, a, a title, a name, an apostle. A prophet, an evangelist, a pastor. God is not uh, putting his glory in you for you to have a well-known name. God put his glory in you so your glory can run over into the lives of others. So somebody can be healed. So somebody can be delivered. Somebody can set, be set free. Somebody can get a breakthrough. Oh, my. Somebody's eyes can open. Somebody's ears can come open. Somebody's head bowed down and can be lifted up. Somebody lost can be saved. Somebody backsliding could come back because God's glory is in you. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For let the days of long life and peace shall they have. As you go into the new year, don't forget God's word. You used to love God's word. You read it day and night. You're the first one to testify, and nobody couldn't set you down. But now you done drifted. Now you done put God's word on the back burner. Now you're trying to do it yourself, and you wonder why it's taking so long to get it done. Honey, God can get it done quicker than you. Do you not know that God can give you in, in six months? God can give you in a year where you couldn't work out in a lifetime? God want to be your provider. He just don't want you to forget him. Don't forget his word. You got three or four jobs and still broke. Didn't that, didn't that tell you something? You got three or four jobs, ain't paying tired, don't need one of them. And you wonder why you can't make it. You ain't going to make it. I come out and tell you, I ain't prophesying on you. I ain't speaking no word of negativity on you either. I'm just telling you the truth. If you got three or four jobs, ain't paying your tithe, you ain't going to make it because you're robbing God. Shall a man rob God? Why you robbing him a tithe in your office? Well, I got to pay my bills. Listen, it's better you pay your tithe and pay your bills. I don't want my credit to look bad. It's going to look bad anyway after a while because you're robbing God. You ain't going to be able to pay none of them bills. Pay God. Give God his money first. Take it out of your kid. Quit letting it stay with your money. That's why you can't pay your tithe because you got it mixed up with your money. Take God's money out. You made $1,000? Take God's $100 out and put it in the envelope. Put on there. Put your name on it. Put, put tithes on it. And throw it in the offering on Sunday morning. If you can't make it to church or you're working two Sundays and you can't every other Sunday, put it in the, in the table to that next Sunday. Don't you spend it. Don't you let it be me mixed up with your money. Take God's money out there. It's God's money. He said, you rob me and tithe and an offering. Will a man rob God? Yes. He said, then when you rob me, he'll open it. He said he will steal the hand of the devour when you pay your tithe. Things that will happen to others won't happen to you. Oh, things gonna happen to all of us. A bad thing that happens, somebody won't happen to you. Why? Because you pay your time and you didn't rob God. So don't forget God's word. Amen. This is getting good to me. Ephesians. I'm just trying to encourage you to go into the new year. Ephesians four and twenty nine. Let no cor cor no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, 
but only such as is good for the building up and fit the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. No commitment cussing. You saved. You've been born again. You're not allowed to cuss. I didn't say you wouldn't cuss. I didn't say you couldn't cuss. I didn't say you can't cuss. I said you are not allowed to cuss. God don't allow you to do that. You're a new creature. You've been born again. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. This doesn't help nobody. When you're cussing and speaking foul language, he said, put these things away from you. Let no let, let no corrupt come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the building up and to fit the occasion. If it ain't going to help nobody, don't say it. The Bible says you can't speak good enough, I don't say nothing. How many of us is guilty of that or not that? If you can't say good about a person, don't say nothing. That's what the scripture says. How many of us always say negative things about people? Bible says don't say nothing negative about nobody. If you, think you can't say something to make them shine, to make them look good, don't say nothing. He said that it might give grace to the hero. Otherwise, when somebody hear what you said, it ought to give them grace. And grace is good, baby. Grace will lift you up. Grace will encourage you. Grace will make you whole. First up, Thessalonians 5 and 16, rejoice always as you go into the new year. Rejoice. All that time you frowning, all that time you mad, do you not know that you can't get back a second? You can't get back a minute? You can't get back an hour or a day? You think about you sitting around all day long mad. You sit down all day long sad. You sit around all day long with a hip hop. Do you not know you ain't gonna get that back? Look what you could have been doing. If you were look what you could have been doing while you were sad. You could have been rejoicing. He said rejoice always. You're not rejoicing because of what happened. You are not rejoicing because of the situation is bad. You rejoice because you know God gonna fix it. You know God gonna bring you out. The writer said, pray without ceasing. See, you first, you first, you say it. First, you, 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 your head dropped drop down all day. Now you ain't praying. You don't cease praying. You don't stop giving thanks to God. He said, pray without ceasing. He said, without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will. Do you know, know it's the will of God in Christ Jesus that you give praise to God? That you give God thanks at all? Take it in. All morning long. And maybe this afternoon we decide we're going to come out of Mobile Valley and peep out over the, over the chair or peep out the window, out the door, and see if life still going Life is still going on, baby. It was going on while you're there in Mobile Valley, while you're down in Luna Dome, while you act like you don't know what's going on. Don't you? I Because you want to get dark, you stick your head out the door otherwise see you the still day. Dark ain't wait they ain't dark ain't waiting on you just because you want to take day. And guess what? And guess what? And they ain't wait and, and they ain't gonna wait on you just because you want to take dark. It got dark that night, you all sad and downtrodden, hoping the day don't come. You think the day ain't gonna come because you hope it don't come because you don't want to see the day no more. You don't want to see nobody no more. You don't want to hang out with nobody no more. You don't want nobody to talk to you no more. And you hope the day don't come. And you think the day ain't coming. The day going to come anyway. You can't stop the day. You can't stop time. Huh? Time going to go on. Even, even as I'm talking right now, time done went fast. Time ain't waiting on nobody. Philippians 4, 2 and 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing. Out of selfish ambition, bitch. Nothing. Out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value of the above yourself. Don't do nothing to self. Don't do nothing to try to put a front on self ambition. You can get a praise on so somebody can read you praise you. Oh, look what she did. Look how he sang. Look how he preached. I did not tell you earlier the glory belong to God. If you give God his glory, he'll glorify himself in you. You want to worry about nobody doing all that. They'll do it anyway. And it's their value of the budget. How often do we do not do that? We always want to be seen. We always want somebody to blow their horn on us. We, we always want to be in a limelight. We always want to be above somebody. We want, 
put ourselves up there and be saved. But the Bible said put others above you. Look into your own interest uh, above each of you to the interest of others. Yes, it's all right to look to your interest. And yes, it's all right to care about yourself, but also care about others. Esteem others higher than you. Tell them whatever the church is over with. Girl, you really sang today in the choir. You might didn't even sound like nothing. But how that would make her feel to know that you said those words until you said something negative. And yeah, y'all were cracking up in the voice and this and that, and y'all need to practice more and see this say negative thing. But how about fill your mouth with positive things so somebody can be blessed? Amen. Colossians 3 and 2. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. You've got to learn how to transform your mind from the problem that you have. You've got to learn how to transform your mind from the circumstance that you're going through, from the trouble, from the hurt, from the lies, from the discouragement, uh-huh, from the negativity, from the things they said about you, you heard about it, and it stays on your mind. Now a whole day done went by, a whole week, a whole month went by, and you're sitting there uh, uh, grieving. You're sitting there downtrodden. You're sitting there lost your joy. But you know how hard it is to get joy? Joy is easy to lose, hard to get back. So when you get that joy, you need to hold on to it. That's why the old folks see that old folks knew their joy was important. And they didn't let nobody steal their joy anyway. They didn't have nothing as it was. One pair of stockings, one pair of shoes that run over, one wig that was full of tobacco dust and everything else. But they were proud that they had that. And they said, this joy that I have, the world didn't give to me, and the world didn't take it away. That's the kind of joy you need. You need that joy that's in the Holy Ghost. See, we got worldly joy, but worldly joy passed away. That old physical joy passed away. That old earthly joy will pass away. That old selfish joy will pass away. That old pretty joy will pass away. That old money joy will pass away. That old material joy will pass away. But they said, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. They were talking about that spiritual joy of the fruits of the Spirit. This is the joy you need. He said, Lord, give me that Holy Ghost joy. So next time life circuit that knock on my door, I can keep my smile on my face. Amen. Psalm 19 and 14. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted in your life. See, you can't give God any kind of stuff. You can, God only want no offering that he messed all up. When 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 Cain gave God an offering in the beginning of the Bible, God blew dust and God blew the smoke in his face because he bought God what he wanted God to have, not what God told him to bring. And God didn't accept his offering. You got to live so God will accept your offering. When you raise your hands in the air, that your hands will be clean. When you raise your hand in the air, your hand will be clean. You hear what I said? When you raise your hand in the air, the word and the words of your mouth when you pray, when you sing, God looking at you down there on the choir, He looking at you down there in the church, He looking at you down there in the congregation singing, and He knows you're gonna live holy all day long. And now the words of your mouth and the meditation, even the meditation in your heart, God wants it to be clean. He said, He said that it might be accepted in your sight. We can't give God anything. God don't accept anything. Your heart got to be clean. Your mouth got to be clean. Your words got to be clean. You can't curse God. You can't sing Amazing Grace Sunday and curse your brother out Monday. Then that ain't clean. About bitter water and sweet water can't come out the same fountain. Apple and orange don't grow on the same tree. Grapes and pearls don't grow on the same tree. And neither can you be saved and lost at the same time. You can't be right and wrong at the same time. You got to be one or the other. Oh, this is so good to me. Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made among God. See, the reason Philippians, the reason Paul is wanting you here is because when you're anxious, you make the wrong decision. When anxiety is in, you end up marrying the wrong person. Sometimes you end up moving into the wrong home. Sometimes you end up on the wrong job. 
Sometimes you end up with the wrong boyfriend, the wrong husband, and the wrong marriage. And you end up with a wrong investment where somebody told you, spend $5,000 because you're so anxious to get rich, so anxious to get money. Somebody's going to tell you to send them $5,000 because you just, you just, they just found out they owe you $125,000. And all you got to do is send $5,000 in, and they're going to send you the check. You ain't even thinking. You sitting away so caught up in, in, in anxiety, so caught up on getting that $125, and you're going to send them $5,000, and you ain't going to see no $125,000 because, you, because you've been blinded by anxiety. The, the old saying says, it, it, it is too good to be true. It might just be too good to be true. Nowadays, you got to be so careful in what you do and, 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 and because anxiety will make you make the wrong decision. It'll make you get in a hurry. Won't wait on God. Ain't that what Sarah did? She got in a hurry because she wanted a baby. Anxiety was all over her, and she couldn't wait no longer, and she gave her husband to the handmaid. Now, you know the story how that turned out. She realized that they're going to blame Abraham, something he's seeing. No, he ain't seeing. She's seeing. She didn't want did it. Didn't want to blame others out there make a mess. Do not walk in anxiety. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Please hear me. This is, a bold, this is the most important verse for you to take into the new year. Learn how to wait. The old song used to be, I Job waited on the Lord. Why can't I? Learn how to wait. If you learn how to wait, and trust the Lord. I guarantee you won't make no more mistakes, no more serious mistakes. We all make mistakes sometimes, every now and then, even when we don't want to. But you will never make no more serious, devastating mistakes if you learn how to wait upon the Lord. For they that wait upon the Lord, when you wait on God, you're showing God you trust him. You're showing God that you believe in him. You're showing God that you know he's able. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, see, sometimes when you're waiting on God, God always going always come up with an answer. And that's what I found out. I was here waiting on God to, I was waiting on God to give me the answer to what I was going through. And I went to church and I waited for the prophet to come and tell me that God said the answer's on the way. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And the prophet told me, God said, wait. I ain't want to hear that. I'm ready for my answer. I'm ready for my breakthrough. I already will wait. And I didn't want to hear we'll wait, but sometimes you're going to hear God say, wait. And again, he might say, wait again. But as long as he tells you to wait, he may tell some to wait as long as he tells others. But as long as he tells you to wait, he's going to renew your strength. Remember, he told me to wait, but he renewed my strength. He gave me the strength I need, the vitality that I need, the, the energy that I need, the push I need, the boost I need, the drill I need to make it through the trial. Yes, he told me to wait. But he didn't leave me empty-handed. The writer said, "They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint." So don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be so impatient that you can't see that boy ain't for you. You can't see that girl ain't for you. You can't see that you could make a mistake, marry this man. Everybody can tell you he ain't no good, but you don't see it because you're anxious. Anxious to get your husband and a no good husband at that is what you could end up with because you're so anxious. You're so caught up. You're so blind. You can't see. He done done everything he knows to show you that he ain't the one, and you're going to marry anyway out of anxiety. No, baby, wait on the Lord. There's a songwriter that says like this, it's bad to be in the arms of someone else when the right one come along. God got the right man coming your way. And here you is married to the wrong man. Now you can't get the right man because you're in the arm of the wrong man, and the wrong man doing you wrong. Oh, I hope I'm talking to somebody. I'm so glad that I had a mother that set me down, and she taught me, my brother, and sister, them, the, the, the proverbs and the values of life, just like uh, Solomon did his son. And when, and when she told us to what was right and what was wrong, the do's and the don'ts, Proverbs 3. 27, do not withhold good, good from those who, who it is you, what is it in your power to do, to ask. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and it is good, and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. Somebody come to your house and needs. Somebody come to your house hungry. Somebody come to your house and destitute. 
and you know you have the means to help them because God sent them there, but they told you God did. You're going to tell them to come back in the morning. They're hungry tonight. They don't need to come back in the morning when you got it now. You can do it now. The Bible said do it now. Don't make them go home and come back in the morning and be hungry. They're in need for the children. They're in need for food on the table. And you're talking about I'll do it in the morning. I don't bother me tonight. I'll do it in the morning. The Bible said do not do that. God has been good to you. Get yourself. Get yourself up out of that bed and do what you got to do to be a blessing to pray for you because it's in your good power to do it. And God will bless you. Joshua 1 and 8, listen, this book of the law, as you go into the new year, this book of the law shall not depart from your mind, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do it according to what's written therein. You can't, you can't do what's written in the Bible if you don't meditate on it. You've got to meditate on what the Bible says. Yes, ain't enough to read that it said it, but you've got to meditate on it. You've got to meditate on it. And do what it said do. Meditate day and night. And the more you read the Bible, the more you meditate on the Bible. And it said, be the demise, say the Lord. I repay. The more you meditate on that, when somebody stare up your feather, when somebody make you angry, you'll be more stronger not to be vengeful. You'll be more stronger not to take matters in your hand. Why? Because you you meditate on God's word. Colossians 3 and 15. And let the peace of God Christ Rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body. Amen. Let the peace of God, and peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit, but you got to let it rule in you. Quit being so mean. Quit being so uh, so 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 disturbed inside. Quit being so broken inside. Quit being so confused inside. Quit being so disturbed and messed up inside. Quit being so uneasy inside. You don't know when the last time you seek no peace. So disturbed, so uneasy, so touchy. But let the peace of God rule your heart. When God peace rule your heart, people can't do you any kind of way. People can't talk to you anyway and get you upset. How you all out of the will of God. How you all in your attic. Uh-huh. Yeah, got you all in your attic, in your attitude. All out of your character. Because you could, because you just all covered up inside. They ain't got no peace. When you got the peace of God in you, when you got the peace of God in you, in your heart, it will guide you and lead you. It'll help you make the right decision. First Peter two and nine. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of Him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. God chose you. Think about all the people that done died and gone into glory. Think about all the people that done died and gone to hell. Think about the people all done died and ain't coming back. Think about all the people that you saw in this world and God chose you. Chosen means that you were picked out especially for this purpose. You have been chosen. You ought, be, you ought to be proud that God chose you. You ought to be grateful that God chose you. And live so that you appreciate that he chose you. He said, you are holy people. you holy. Holiness is still in. Holiness is still in. People don't want to talk about it no more. Holy God is still holy. He has not changed. His people are to still be holy. Holiness is still in. Holiness is still the right thing to do. I read the day that God hates evil, but he loves the righteous. God still hates evil. God still likes holiness. He still loves holiness. But you've been chosen. And now that God has chosen you, you are his possession to walk in his excellency. Hold up, holy and clean hands. Make God proud of you. Proverbs 16:3. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit your work to do it. Commit your work. Tell God about it before you do it. Don't go do it. Listen, don't go do it and then tell God about it after you did it. Tell God about it before you do it. And he might direct your path. Because he may not want you to do that. He may not want you to get caught in that long, uh, drawn-out situation. That may not be the husband. That may not be the wife. That may not be the job. That may not be the car. That may not be the person that he wants you to partner with. 
So so, so commit thy way unto the Lord and ask God, Lord, show me. I'm going to partner with someone for the next five years. I'm going to put my million dollars in, in an investment, God. I'm going to buy this, this motel chain. I'm going I'm to buy this business, Lord. Is it okay, God? Is, 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 is any any crooks behind it? Any kinks in it, Lord? Am I throwing my money away? Am I making a bad investment? Acknowledge God. And the Bible says he would direct your path. So we thank God this afternoon. We just hope that you've been encouraged. We hope that something is said that would encourage you as you go to the new year. And remember, greater than he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you have the greater one on your side, he's more than a conqueror. He's more than a winner. The Bible says he's not victorious, but he's more than victorious. It's his will that you eat of the, of the good of the land. It's God's will. It's his good pleasure that you eat of the good of the land. So if you go into the news, you don't go with negativity. Don't go in there thinking that God is against you, that God is, 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 is punishing you for something you did. God ain't got time to play games like that for you. But check your life. And if your life ain't in the right place, get it in the right place. But the Bible says he withhold no good thing who, for them that walk upright. Now, if you know you're walking upright, then patiently wait on the Lord. He's going to bring you out. But if you ain't walking upright, get right so the Lord can bless you. Present Father, we thank you for the scripture. We thank you for your encouraging words. How it has fed our souls. Oh, God, we're tickled to death to be caught up in your word. So help us to apply your word to our life, God, as we go into the new year, making new year resolutions to get closer to you, higher heights and deeper depths. Lord, we ask that you pull down every stronghold, loose every shackle, solve every problem, answer every prayer, shut doors that need to be shut, and open doors that need to be opened. Heal our bodies, regulate our minds. Restore our souls, bless our children, bless our family, bless our finance, bless our health, and above all, and above all, bless our relationship with you, O God, in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, give us a closer walk, God. Give us a new option. Give us a fresh anointing. Stir your word up in us, O God, in the precious name of Jesus. And the guilt that land dominant, bring them alive. And the one that's already operating, anoint them afresh. Put insight, enlighten them, O God, in the name of Jesus. And to be in the forgiveness of our heart, and forgive us, O God, for those that we hadn't forgave. In the name of Jesus, move all malice, all bitter, all guilt, unforgiveness out of us, Lord, that you might glorify yourself in us, and our prayers might be answered. Do these things, Lord, because we know you can. We know you will. And all the honor and all the glory. In yours, that we go into this new year, oh God, that's going with a smile, that's going encouraging, knowing that you got it and everything's going to be all right. Bless the apostle, Lord. Bless the ministry, oh God. Bless the radio broadcast, oh God, that is, that is producing this, the, the, this, this show, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Apostle. Thank you. Be blessed. Shall I take your order? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.